Welcome to Downstage Center, a presentation of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theater Wing. I'm John von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theater Wing. Today we're joined by Lachans, who is the the star of The Color Purple, the new show that opened back in December on Broadway, The Color Purple. She plays the role of Celie. You may also have seen Lachans most recently at uh, Lincoln Center in Dessa Rose. Previously, Once on This Island in Ragtime, a number of other shows. Lachans, welcome. Thank you very much. So happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, Certainly, The Color Purple has been around. It's been a movie, and it's been a book by Alice Walker, and now it's a Broadway show, yes. and it's gotten quite a bit of good uh, good acclaim, because it's, it's so moving. It's a story of a woman played by yourself, yes, Seely, who starts mm-hmm. out very young and over three or four decades goes through all sorts of things in life. <laughs> yes, actually, Seely ages from 14 to late 50s in uh, in her journey, this in, in this particular story. And uh, she does survive a tremendous amount of um, struggle. And um, just she lives through a bunch of traumatic experiences, Be- one be- beginning with the age of 14, having both of her young children taken away from her, one that she gave birth to at 12, then another at 14, impregnated by her father, at, or who she believed to be her father at the time, and... Um, then being sort of given away into marriage, into an abusive relationship, and then having the only person she loved taken away from her, which is her sister. It's just very... And then and then that just sets up the story. And, it, and then from there, it's how she lives in this world, given um, all this trauma that's been... Uh, that she has to deal with, given this group of cards. And it's how she is just so faithful and, and so trusting in God. That's the, That's the way that she survives it. It's a miracle that anybody could survive that. How how typical a story is this? It was said about 100 or so years ago, I guess, back through the 20s, 30s, into the 40s. Right. How, how typical was this with people who, you know, are portrayed in the of show? Of this period. Of, of that period, yeah. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was typical, but in every community, uh, you know, every environment, whether it be a southern town in Georgia at the turn of the century, whether it be you know, in the 50s in middle America, wherever you are, whatever small town communities, there's always, unfortunately, a sad story. There's always someone who has survived some tragic thing that has happened in their lives that the community all, we all know about this person. We all know what's happened to them. We all have a soft spot in their hearts. That's just, I believe, the balance of, um, you know, nature, really. And unfortunately, Celie, the the reason we all feel so touched and moved by her story is because we connect with her with a human spirit, the spirit that survives this, because we all know of, we all have experienced some form of pain or disappointment. And, um, you know, as, as, as people just living here, living on the planet, we all identify with what she's gone through. Well, as John mentioned, this is a story with an extraordinary pedigree. Certainly, Alice Walker is a major literary figure. Yes. The story was then adapted into a film by Steven Spielberg. It really brought Whoopi Goldberg to to film stardom. Coming into this story, what is the feeling, in your case, of, of even the responsibility for telling this story? Because it's it's something more than your average Broadway musical, especially to to certain audiences. I did feel initially um, after I had gotten the job <laughs> a 
an awful lot of responsibility to tell the truth because it's easy being in theater to um, get caught up in um, what could be the performance of it, the performing a- aspect of this uh, this show, getting caught up into the drama, getting t- caught up into the the um, the music, the elements of musicals that we all love so much that we that I as an actor love doing I love singing I love acting I love performing on stage and it's easy to let that carry you away or get caught away with that what made this piece special and and um a bit of a challenge for me was that I had to let all of that go I had to really focus on telling the truth and focusing and focus on the humanity of this story and the only way to do that was to go deeper inside and be, and just let go of my joy of of being on stage and just really go in the opposite direction so that I could really portray Silly truthfully that's what I got from Alice Walker was that it it isn't the opportunity to you know I didn't have the chance to get up there and just you know go for it externally I had to be I had to go inside with this character so that you could feel what she was feeling. And it was a tremendous challenge for me to um, be that naked on stage because ultimately that's what ends up happening with Silly from the beginning. The um, the vulnerability that I had to ex- to learn to be comfortable with on stage was a bit of a challenge for me. But um, I'm so in love with who, who she is and where she goes, her journey that I just was able to trust it and go for it. Well, having gone to the opening night of the show when it was done initially down at the Alliance Theater in Georgia, mm-hmm. now about a year and a half ago, I remember watching Alice Walker come in to that opening, and it was really like royalty arriving oh, at that theater that night. What has been the relationship to Alice Walker as this show has developed, and what have your conversations been with her, or have you kept away from that and really told the story that just as Marsha Norman and Allie Willis and Stephen Bray um, and Brenda Russell have defined it? Well, we, everyone involved in the creation of The Color Purple, the musical, have a pact that we are telling the story that Alice Walker wrote. We're not telling our own individual interpretations of that story. We use the book as the Bible. Everything that we wanted to, and any, if, if there was a question that came up about the, any one of the characters, we would always go back to the novel. No one ever relied on their own interpretation. We didn't veer from it at all. In fact, if you notice, if you do see the musical, there are moments in the play that are not in the movie because we wanted to be truer to the novel and not embellish in any way. Um, My conversations with Alice Walker to that question were very limited with the character. I did not want to discuss Celie with her. I felt that, because I have had moments with her alone, and I felt that if I was off track, she would tell me. So I, um, I didn't want to, let's say... How can I say this? Um, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say waste her time, but I didn't want to abuse the privilege of being in her presence with asking her a bunch of char- uh, character-driven questions. I wanted the freedom to just talk with her and get a sense of who she is as a woman to sort of 
inform me of how she thinks and how she uh, came to being able to create this story. And I and I learned a lot just by watching her and listening to her about how to approach the work, which is more important to me than getting direction from her. I just wanted to know the way the way to approach the work. And she's a very, very spiritual person. And um, that indicated to me that I was on the right track because I approached this spiritually. Well, the book, of course, uh, The Color Purple, was a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. Yes. Alice Walker, of course, the author. So I presume you felt there was enough material in the book to really inform you as to what the character was and who she was, who Celie was. Oh, yes. So when you and Alice Walker would, would talk, did you talk about the show? Did you talk about the novel? Did you talk about anything related to it or just about other things enough, in general? we did not talk about it at all. Really? Nope. I told her how much I loved her work. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called The Same River Twice, which was basically her script version of The Color Purple. And in that, she has character descriptions. And that's what I use. These were her words. I used that if I needed any indication. I did not, again, it was more important to me to be in her presence and talk and let her freely talk to me about what she felt was important to share with me and um one thing i've always one thing i've been taught at a very early age was the best way to learn something is to listen and um then when i'm in the presence of greatness i listen <laughs> i don't talk too much i i mean i'll i'll ask a question here and there just to see if i'm mm -hmm. In the right, you know, just just to indicate, just to find out if we're talking about the same thing. But in the presence of Oprah, in the presence of Alice, in the presence of so many of the brilliant people connected to this project, I really listen to what they have to say. And if I had a question about the character, I would ask her. But rarely, rarely, rarely did we discuss the story. What she told me was that um, my work was healing. Well, and she's and she in in fact the very first time that she heard me I'm sorry I'm talking over you now no, that's okay but I have to tell you this story please when we after the very first reading that I did of this character um, Alice Walker came in she sat in front of me and of course I was very nervous but I went through the reading sitting behind the table with the script in front of me and at the end of the reading she got up from the table. Everyone was plotting. She gets up from the table, from her seat, comes over to me at the table, takes a purple ring off of her finger and puts it on mine. Oh. So she's a woman of very few words. But I knew what that meant when she gave me that ring. So well, you, you mentioned Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Another she, person that I rather listen to. <laughs> she, she, of course, uh, played Sophie in the, in the movie 20-some-odd years ago. Sophia, uh, yes. Sophia, yeah. When she came into the process, the show was already getting ready to, to open here in New York. It was just before previews, so yes. it was kind of late in the process. What what did um, Oprah bring into the theater? I mean, what did she say when... I understand she kind of like appeared one day. You didn't expect her to... No, The door didn't. open and there she was. Exactly. Right? That's exactly how it happened. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. She uh, was just very complimentary. She said how important the work is, how it's a triumph, and how she wants... She wanted to be a part of this special piece that was making history on Broadway. And pretty much everyone has said, any everyone that's involved with it understands the unique spiritual aspect of this piece. It brings grown men to tears, as well as young girls. It's a piece for everyone. 
And it's because it touches our human spirit. And Oprah, we all know that when Oprah says it's worth going to (laughs) or reading or eating or buying, we all listen (laughs) because she has great taste. Absolutely. It's a question I I ask frequently, but I'm curious, especially with a show where you are touching people and people have such a personal response to the show – what do you hear from people, either with letters or literally just as you come out the stage door or, or run into people? Do, are you are you getting people coming up to you and wanting to tell either tell you their story or how yes, it relates to Susan's story? Absolutely, how do you respond to that because people sometimes are are extremely open at that point with yes, their personal responses. Yes, well, um, I can't really take credit for the words or the music. Um, the only thing that I can take credit for as an actor is um, being able to uh, communicate the message of this character on stage. That's where I come in. But honestly, the story, and I, and I believe the credit goes ultimately to Alice Walker for bringing this amazing, incredible story to life. When people approach me and they are oftentimes in tears or they're sharing with me stories of um, their sibling relationships or the loss of a parent or just, you know, people are very, very, very moved and emotional. Um, I feel grateful knowing that I had a part in doing something as spectacular and life-changing as this for this person in front of me. I just feel immensely grateful because we don't often get to do that in the arts. We make people laugh. We entertain them. At times, we're fortunate enough to make them feel. And this is a deeply moving piece, and I'm just so proud and grateful to be a part of something that does just that, move people to tears. And so much so that I leave the theater at night, and if I get out there early enough, I can probably hug about 10 to 15 people. And they don't just want an autograph. They want a hug. They feel that open and that touched. They want to hug me. Well, this uh, this version of The Color Purple is not a novel. It's not a movie. It's a Broadway musical. There must have been some trepidation at first when people started talking about The Color Purple as a musical. Yes. Uh, oh, me too. I was definitely suspicious. I was like, hmm, how is that going to happen? <laughs> I thought that that's when my agent asked me about it. He said, we'd like you to go in to read for Seely in the Broadway musical version of The Color Purple. I thought. Interesting. Musical? Yeah. Okay. But then I heard a song entitled Dear God, which had which at the time was written for Celie to sing at the top of the show, which is no longer in the sh- in the show. And um it was so beautiful. And uh it informed me immediately into this character and I I got it at that point right away. Not only would it be a great vehicle for a musical, It'll be a phenomenal musical, I thought, in that moment. Well, obviously, a good part of the story is told through the music. I'd like to play a song from the show. Why don't you pick one of the songs that you perform in The Color Purple, tell us how it works in the show, and then we'll play it for you. All right. Well, the song that I would like you to hear is entitled I'm Here. And it's at the point in the story when Celie, she's in her 50s, and it's at the point when she gets it. She understands that everything that she needs to be happy and prosperous in this life she has inside. That's LaShawn's from The Color Purple, and I'm here. 
this is a very heavy show, very heavy message. You've been in other shows that have heavy messages, too. Yes. I can think of Dessa Rose. We mentioned that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. What, what was that story? I, I saw it, but for those people who may, maybe didn't, what was Dessa Rose? Well, Dessa Rose, wow, was uh, based on a novel written by uh, Shirley Ann Williams, which is the story of a young woman, a young slave girl, at 16, very rebellious, very spirited, almost the opposite of Celie. Just where Celie is introverted, Dessa was extroverted, a fighter, spoke her mind during the time of slavery. And um, it's the story of Dessa and the story of Ruth, who is a young, white, southern belle who's, who's abandoned on a farm by her husband and how Dessa and Ruth came together. It's basically the how the two became friends in a world when they were uh, positioned to be enemies and um, how they came together and the only bond that they had was their womanhood and how they were able to survive during a very tumultuous period in history as women and, and, and love and support each other. But it's a powerful story because both Ruth and Dessa narrate the story as 80 and 85 year old women and and uh the actor actress <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't say actor i should say actress although i say actor and people say why don't you say actress because you don't say doctress so i just say actor <laughs> <laughs> very good <laughs> i found that many women prefer to be called actors not actresses yes i prefer yeah. actor well it, i prefer actor it's interesting that Desiree fell between the two big productions of Color Purple. Yes. Yet thematically, there's some similarity between, just in terms of just the idea of African American women making their way in mm-hmm. in tough times. Did mm-hmm. did one inform the other, or were they completely distinct experiences? They were for completely you? distinct experiences. I the the authors of Desiree Rose, Lynn Aarons, and Stephen Flaherty, I've worked with on two previous occasions before Dessa, and I know their work. They know me. They know my voice. They know everything about me as far as my, my, my performance ability, my range and everything. So they basically designed this story around what I'm able to do, which gave me an awful lot of support and freedom within this character to make some very bold choices. And, um, and they supported them. Uh, but it was a very different story Again, I started to say that uh, the actor who played opposite me and I, we narrated our lives as 16- and 19-year-old girls. So we would switch from 80-year-old women to 16-year-old girls and to teenagers in a blink of a hat. And that was extremely challenging for both of us because we had never done anything like that. But um, the actor's name is Rachel York, by the way. She was brilliant, 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 brilliant. And... Um, it was really a challenge, but a very different character, Dessa. Very, where, where, where Celie, it took her to her late 50s to know who she was. Dessa knew at 16. But in both shows, Color Purple and Dessa Rose, a lot of hardship, a lot of uh, really tough times over yes. these women's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, not just at one point or another, but pretty much throughout their, their lives, which they eventually, I guess by the conclusion of the shows, get, get satisfied, get, you know, Live to, uh, get to live happily ever after or whatever. You know, unfortunately, in our history, um, for African-American women, there, are, there aren't many times that are happy when you look at history, you know. 
um, I, as an African-American actor today, the roles that I'm offered oftentimes are historical pieces or pieces that deal with the times that aren't very happy or um, jovial. You know, you don't see that unless it's something like a musical review where you get to see something like, um, I don't know, sophisticated ladies where everyone is having a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, those are reviews. You don't really get story. If you want to know, if usually the stories are the roles that I'm offered or audition for are stories of trial and tribulation and traumatic experiences. That's where the drama is in telling these stories. So do you draw anything from your own experience in, in interpreting these women or your family experience? Um, sometimes I do mm-hmm. because um, I've at this point in my life experienced a lot of drama and uh, trauma and, you know, just living in the world. You have your own experiences with pain and disappointment and, um, you know, loss, unfortunately. So uh, I'm able to draw on those emotions, yes. You raise an interesting issue as an African-American musical performer that you said that, you know, some of the material can be sort of heavy and historical. You've had the opportunity in a couple of cases to appear in shows in roles which were at least originally played, if not explicitly conceived, for Caucasian performers. This would be when you did uh, Roundabout's production of Company Mm -hmm. and uh, Baby out at uh, Paper Mill Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. What's your feeling about the opportunities that you have to play roles that may traditionally have been conceived as Caucasian roles. Do you think there should be more opportunity? Do you think you should should be getting more of a chance to go beyond just the, the defined African-American roles? Well, the one thing I love about the theater community is that we are non-traditional in that way, oftentimes, more often than not, more often than film and television. And um, it's really about talent here a lot of times. You know, if you can do it, you will be seen for it. And if you are able to do it better than someone that they originally conceived the part for, a lot of times they, you know, hands down, we're we're very honest here in New York. We're very honest in the theater. We like what's good and what's right. And a lot of times that's who that's who'll get it in the theater because it's not about in the theater who you are oftentimes. Of course we've had celebrities come in to our theater community and we're all a little persnickety about that <laughs> but we let them in anyway <laughs> and, they, you know, and they come in and you know they sell tickets and all, most times they're great but um in the theater you have to be able to do it you have to have something to fall back on you have to have as we say chops and you know that's what people respond to here in new york it's tough doing eight shows a week having one day off. I mean, you're taken away from your families. You're taken away from any weekend that you may like to go away with friends. It's not an easy thing to do theater in New York. And in order to sustain that, to be able to have the stamina, you have to be someone of of skill. And so when you're auditioning for something at like a like company, like Stephen Sondheim, it's not easy material. To, to sing. Anyone who's ever sung Stephen Sondheim knows that. And the fact that he responded himself to what I brought to that character was very, you know, special for me because, again, I knew who did it originally. And when they said, we'll see you, I thought, oh, well, you know, we'll see. You know, they probably want to cast someone 
of, you know, another race just because that's how it was cast previously. But when he said, we think you would be the best one for the part, I was deeply moved. And, and very it, it, it continues to, to give me the faith that here in theater we are a little bit more open-minded and willing to take risks. Now, would I like to take a few more risks? Absolutely. I'd love to play Evita one day. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. But um, I'd probably end up having to produce it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, there are, but yes, I do feel that there are um, opportunities more for uh, non-traditional casting here in New York in the theater than there would be um, in other areas of entertainment. We talk about doing eight performances a week and how grueling that can be yeah. and these are not you know happy musicals these are heavy emotional musicals these yes. are these are really more like plays with music as opposed to a quote musical unquote yes this so is th- that must be very draining on you emotionally to have to go through this cathartic experience going from a teenage girl to an older woman and all the the problems that you find each night along the way to have to maintain that that emotional level th- does that drain on you personally yes it does it drains on me uh there are word there are no words to describe the level of fatigue that I feel um at times i um I have two small children at home uh one in preschool one in kindergarten, and I tell you well about to be in first grade and I have to go home and be mommy after I've done this hugely uh you know taxing and, and draining role and although I love my work I absolutely love it I don't have the luxury of going home and um waking up when I'm fully rested I have to get up and prepare my children for school make lunches get breakfast comb hair my husband takes them off to school and then I have a little bit of quiet time usually to myself but at that time oftentimes I'm doing things in the home that need to be done I'm the woman of the home so well you are obviously not the typical working mother you no, don't have I'm a not. typical job. <laughs> I <either>. don't have <laughs> a typical job. I leave my children at dinner time every night, and then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, I'm gone most of the day. So, you know, it's tough. It's very tough. This is not an industry for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about uh, Dessa Rose a moment ago. The brand new CD has just come out of Dessa Rose. Yes. I'd like to play a song from that. And again, like I asked you with Color Purple, if you would just pick one of the songs that you perform or did perform in Dessa Rose and kind of set up how it did work in the show. Sure. that This song is entitled, the one that I would like to play is uh, Twelve Children. And um, it's when Dessa is alone with her baby for the first time. And she's still a teenager. She's still, she's 16 years old. And she's trying to give her baby some information about who she is. LaShawn's from the brand new compact disc of Dessa Rose with 12 children. You mentioned earlier that you've done several shows with Lynn Ahrens and Steve Flaherty. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you've also done those same shows with Graciela Danielle. Yes. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little about the experiences of those shows, Once on this Island, of course, which is really what introduced you best you you'd done some work but that's where we really saw mm-hmm. you fully for the first time mm-hmm. you joined the company of ragtime and of course Tessa Rose can you can you talk about the influence of those people in your career Graciela Danielle um was the first director that I had worked with at that point in my career that um showed me that I had something good going on in my that I that I could do something very very good that I had talent that I she taught me how to trust my instincts 
and to really just go with them because that's how she works. And I love Graciela Danielle because if it's not truthful, she throws it out no matter what it is. She is a director who thrives fully on her instincts, and I love that about her. And she trained me in that way. That experience on Once on this Island gave me a foundation for that in all of my work, how to just really rely on what is right because we all know when something feels false even though we don't admit it we know it and um we're oftentimes afraid to just go with what's right because it takes courage to do that but Graciela was the epitome of of an example of that for me and 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 I learned an awful lot from her and I read an interview that one of the first Broadway shows you saw was the original production of Chicago which Roxy was in yes and I didn't know that at the time, of course. I was a kid. I didn't know. But um, when I got the album cover and I looked at it, you know, later in life, I was like, oh, my God, that's Graciela. Look, I saw you. My first Broadway show. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, that was that had a huge impact on my life. That's when I knew I wanted to do this. Watching that show, I thought, you mean I could actually make a living doing this? All the all that I love doing at home in the kitchen or in the bathroom with the towel on my head now, holding the hairbrush. Uh, how, 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 how old were you when when you saw your first show? When you saw oh, Chicago, were you a kid, teenager? I was a, I was no preteens. I was maybe eleven or twelve. I don't uh-huh. remember exactly. And that's yes. kind of the turning point. That's when you kind of felt I wanted I want to do this. That's when I knew that I could make a living. That I, that I could have a career at this. At at the time, I was just in dancing school. And um, we we were new in the Northeast. We had moved up from Florida, so I didn't know much about theater. I didn't even know anything at all. Um, but I was also a, a kid. I knew that I loved performing, but I didn't know that there was a place in the world that I could actually prosper doing this. In Florida, we didn't have much theater, mm-hmm. and I was a kid, so I didn't get out to see much <laughs> anyway. But once we moved to Connecticut, I was able to see an awful lot, and... Um, I really did. I, w- I was really grateful for living, for the proximity to New York that I was. I would take the bus down, Metro. I mean, the bu- not the bus, I'm sorry, the train, the Metro North, down into the city to see, sh- to see shows with my mom. Um, but Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flaherty, they also had a huge impact on me vocally. In and, what way? Well, uh, I remember when we were doing the workshop of Once on This Island, Stephen had written the music uh, in the workshop and I had learned everything and then we were coming back to go into rehearsal for the Broadway production and um, my voice had gotten higher vocally because I had been preparing I had just been working, working, working very, very hard in preparation for the Broadway run and so I was taking private lessons training my voice because I hadn't had much training prior to that. I read that you really your impetus was more as a dancer initially. Yes, mm-hmm I was a dancer in most of the shows prior to my lead in Once on this Island. I was a member of the ensemble, and I had little breakout singing moments in shows, but never a full song. So how me. did how did Stephen and Lynn... You, you said your voice was getting higher. It was, they started listening to the way that I sang and would adjust the notes and the keys. They adjusted for you rather yes. than the other way around. Yes, they were just if they were to just for mm. me because they wanted to take full advantage of my range. And at the time, I didn't know that I had such a range. I just would sing. I didn't understand the value in singing. You know, going from a very low song to low moment in a song to a high. H- had you tone. had professional training prior to this? I did that summer. That's what I'm trying yeah, to share yeah, with you. Was yeah. that I started training at in between point. that time. Uh-huh 
professionally. I had voice lessons in college and, you know, other times in my life, but I really started training for this. I got with a coach, Mark Truitt was his name. He passed away, unfortunately, a week before. He passed away a week after the opening of company. He was my date, actually. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant teacher. I give him all the credit for my skill as a singer. So rather than him saying, do you adapt to the, the music that was written by, by you know, Stephen Flaherty, he let you go for your range and then yes. Stephen ad- adapted his music to you? Yes, he would change keys. He would change notes. Uh-huh. He just would play around me. And I just learned. They really informed me and supported my tone, my voice. And every song that he's written for me to sing since then has been that same way. That seems like a natural point to say, why don't we listen to one of the songs from Once on this Island? Oh, sure. <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll do, we'll do, now, now that you know the routine, you can set okay. it up how it worked in the show. Pick a song, we'll play it. Well, of course, it would have to be my favorite song, Waiting for Life to Begin. Um, this is when Timon is alone, feeling the anticipation of any teenager, of anything exciting going on. She's bored with her mundane life in her village, and she wants more. And this is how she talks about it. Stephen Flaherty's music, Lynn Aaron's lyrics, and LaShans' voice, the voice of LaShans mm-hmm. from Once on This Island, Waiting for Life. You had the opportunity 10 years after Once on This Island to go back and revisit it yes. in, in a concert. What was it like going back to that material at a different point in your life, even if just for that night? It was so emotional. Oh, my goodness. We were all so emotional that night because... It was the be- it was for so many of us involved. It was it was the beginning of our careers. Um, Lynn and Steven, this show basically put them on the map. Even though they had done Lucky Stiff, this was really the one that got a lot of attention for them. Graciela got a lot of attention. I did. Several other members of the cast. We all. It was the beginnings for all of us, and um, it had such a huge impact on. The uh, theater audiences around the world. In that ten years, um, I would get, you know, letters from people in Japan about my work in Once on This Island, and um, it was a very, very, very emotional uh, moment. But a very proud moment. We were all thrilled that we could all come back together for it. One of the things that struck me about Once on This Island is, while we have many musicals these days that are hits they don't become the standards of the repertoire, frankly, in high schools and even colleges Mm -hmm. the way the older musicals do. Once on this Island has an enormous number of school productions. Oh, yes. Do you you get people coming up saying, I was also T-Moon? Everywhere. Everywhere. In fact, funny story, my daughter's school, the school that my daughter attends in kindergarten is... um, uh, an independent school here in the in New York, and the day that I was touring the school, they were taking me through the music department, and they and they were explaining to me how periodically they put on plays, and oftentimes they choose Broadway plays, Broadway musicals to put on, and they were working on Once on This Island, and I heard the music and I said, um, I just have to tell you, I did that play on Broadway. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> and they said, this play that they're working on, so they bring me into the music department. And I can't remember the instructor's name right now, but um, the, the, the uh, musical director and the director were both like, 
oh my god, Lashawn! <laughs> oh my god! And it's, you have to we have to introduce you to the to the students. So I got to speak to the students and everything. And now, mind you, I'm on a tour of the school for my daughter, just seeing if it would be a great place for her. And um, I just have to say, after that, well, of course, it was a fabulous place for her to go to school. <laughs> but um, she ended up going there, truthfully. But um, I, that was just ironic that it's it's had that much impact. And I get messages, emails all the time now on my website from people that say, I played the role of Timoon when I was in junior high. And, you know, and there are people of all races, you know, everyone plays this. As a young Asian girl, a young Japanese girl came up to me with her siblings telling me that she was Timoon in her high school production. And, and this was at, she came, she came up to me at Dessa. When I was doing Dessa Rose, she came up to me with her family, very proud to tell me that she was Timoon in her production, and I thought that was so wonderful. And, you know, it's amazing. People ask me to sign their programs at the end of the show, but oftentimes they have a Once on this Island program stuck behind, or the CD jacket mm-hmm. behind the color purple. And like, oh, can you sign this too? So it, it still has a, a huge audience and a lot of life, that show. Touched well, a lot of people. Your daughter did get into the school. Has she now followed in your footsteps? Has she appeared in shows at the school? Or is she still too young? She's too young. Yeah. She's just in kindergarten. But, uh-huh. um, you know, my daughter, she's so funny. She loves to sing and dance and perform, but she's a bit shy. She'll do it for family and close family. But if you put her in front of an audience, she'd rather sit in the back. So, so what if, as she gets older, she says, hey, Ma, I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to be an actor also. What, what would you say to her? I would say to her that it is a very hard path. And um, if you choose this, just to choose this, just know that all that glitters ain't gold. And um, it, you're going to have, you have some work cut out for you. But ultimately, it is very rewarding. Good advice from a working mom. Mm-hmm. LaShawn's <laughs> currently starring on Broadway in The Color Purple as Seely. LaShawn's, thanks so much for being with us today on Downstage Center. Thanks for having me. Thanks, LaShawn's. Mm-hmm. For the American Theatre Wing, I'm Howard Sherman, reminding our listeners that these programs and all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online, on demand, for free, from our website, www.americantheaterwing.org. And for XM Satellite Radio, I'm John Von Susten for Downstage Center. That's a wrap, and thank you.